You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Welcome into BGN Radio. This is episode 90, brought to you by the Fine Folk Camp Leading Green Nation and SB Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist, and I am somewhat filling in for Jimmy Kemsky. I blame Benjamin Solak, though, as he wasn't available for the normal Kist and Solak recap show. So joining me today is the supreme leader of BGN, may he forever reign, Brandon Lee Galton. Brandon, a win is a win, but this wasn't pretty, nor was it all that impressive, but it's hard to feel too negative about two straight wins and five and four headed into the bye, considering how the season has gone. How, how you doing, brother? How you feeling about this? Mike, uh, you could also say, I guess, that I am replacing Benjamin Solak, which is obviously a huge upgrade in the <laughs> eyes of some. I mean, that's not my own words. That's just, you know, words that are out there that people have said by many. Yes, that's true. Again, just I'm just objective here, just relaying <laughs> the information. Yeah. yeah, Mike, like, look, the Eagles won a game today. Uh, that did happen. They're five and four. And that's pretty important because going into this game that you and Solak, I believe, talked about how the Eagles Bears game was kind of the highest, at least in terms of the Eagles, in terms of playoff leverage. Their their playoff odds went up by like 23% by ESPN's playoff probability leverage uh, metric tracker analytic thing, whatever you want to call it. So it was an important win for sure. But kind of like going back to last week against the Bills, it kind of just makes me think, okay, they won and that's good, but like, how sustainable is this? Like, <laughs> can they continue to win like this? Because yeah. they're not going to be playing Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky every week. And look, this game just lacked energy and we'll kind of recap how the, how the 22 to 14 win for the Eagles went down. But like people in the very beginning, I mean, people were already complaining about the first two field goal drives and I'm thinking, hey, they get scores out of the first three drives to make it 12 nothing. That's, that's all good. Like it's not like a blowout score yet, but they're firmly in control of this game. And then they score right out of the half. They make it 19 nothing. And it just feels like, ho-hum not much to worry about but also not much happening type of game kind of like the the Jets game from earlier in the season and I mean the the Bears basically had negative yardage until very late in the first half seemed very unthreatening but of course as is often the case with the Eagles defense they bust twice on two different drives and suddenly it's a 19 to 14 game and they have to wake up and after that you have drives from the Eagles of six plays three plays three plays five plays they look a little stale before finally executing a backbreaker of a drive of 16 plays, 69 nice yards, 8 minutes and 14 seconds come off the clock. The Eagles had over 40 minutes of possession in this game, which would end up being big for them. So that comes off the clock. They kick the field goal to make it an 8-point game. Adam Shaheen muffs the ensuing kickoff. Duke Riley, welcome, buddy. He recovers it, and it's ball game. But the Eagles were never not in control in this game. They didn't need some crazy red zone stand or big-time stop on a key third or fourth down, but it had the feeling of, why are they letting a bad Bears team, and it's my belief that it's a bad Bears team, and look, credit to their defense. They're a very good unit, and we knew things wouldn't be easy against them. 
But the Eagles just seemed incapable of putting this game away when it felt like they could have earlier until it got, you know, too close for comfort. And it felt like a 2018 win against a subpar team. So while a win is a win and that's all milk and cookies, I don't know if it changes the level of concern that I have about this team as they prepare to play the Patriots and the Seahawks after the bye. Is that kind of where you're at too, BLG? I think this offense, specifically this passing offense, I should say, the running offense is great. It's good. It's it's, uh, Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard had another good game, and that's great to see. You know, we were the conversation after last week's game was about how the Eagles want to be this established the run team, which really I just don't think is the long-term viable answer for them. They can do it to win some games here, and that's nice to beat up on some bad opponents. Sure, that's fine. But like when they're playing the Patriots, I don't think they're going to be able to just establish the run and get by with what little they have. Like that, I honestly think that's the, probably the the biggest takeaway from this game for me is just how and it's really been building. So it's not just this game, but just like how depressing this passing offense is because it's really depressing. There was hope coming into this game, you know, that Deshaun was going to come back and, and fix some of that. Although, you know, I I was trying to, like, temper some of that myself mm. for my own expectations because, you know, he's coming off this injury. He was limited in practice all week. Like, we don't know how close to 100% he was. Sure enough, he plays a drive today, and he's out the whole game after that. I asked Doug Peterson about that after the game, like, what the plan was for Deshaun, and he said the plan was to have Deshaun play the whole game. Yeah. Took him out for precautionary reasons, but, like, okay – is that, is that true? Or was there a setback? How reliable was Deshaun going to be? Because if Deshaun's not in there, Mike, let me tell you, these Eagles receivers, they're not good. Yeah. There's problems here. Alshon Jeffrey, four for 36 today. He had three drive-ending drops. The last one was just especially just uh, infuriating. Uh, Nelson Aguilar actually made a couple of tough catches today, I thought. But they were, you know, they were short ones. Anytime he's targeted down the field, it's just like a waste of a play. Because mm-hmm. either... And let me be clear. I don't think this is Carson Wentz's best game. I think he missed a lot of throws. But then on the you know the plays where he's not missing them, then his receivers just can't even make them. <laughs> like Aguilar either can't track the ball or he just doesn't like get in a good position to make a contested catch. It's just not like in his repertoire really. Uh, and he only had three for twenty one anyway. Sean Jackson again. We don't know how much we can even count on him moving forward. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside played more today. He was on the field out there, but I don't even think he saw a target. Matt Collins, again, another game without a catch and not even a target. And I saw a stat floating out there that Matt Collins has more penalty yards yep. than he has receiving yards this year. More, 126 so, penalty penalty yards against 125 receiving <laughs> yards, and Deshaun Jackson continues to build on his lead even though he only had one catch and five yards up against Matt Collins. It's crazy, dude. How can they win like this, Mike? Like, how do you – Where's the hope? And this is why this is why I was frustrated coming out of the trade deadline. It wasn't that like I was expecting Howie Roseman to pay some kind of ridiculous price to say get Robbie Anderson, but it's just like the bottom line to me was you have these receivers and this is who you're working with with the rest of the season and it's just not good enough. Mm-hmm. And then they pass up on Josh Gordon and is Josh Gordon like the 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 cure all definitive answer? No, he's not. But, like, just the fact that they're riding with these guys. Like, I know these guys aren't the answer. I've seen enough to know that, like, these guys, I just do not have hope in them. And, and look, I, I was a proponent of trading for Robbie Anderson. But when the price came in that it was a second rounder, that was too rich for me for a guy that you were going to have to extend. So that that sucks. You know, obviously, you need, you know, two to tango and, and dance and all that stuff. And you need a partner willing to trade you something. So... I was definitely wanting something to upgrade. I wasn't big on bringing a guy like Gordon in 
just because of all the other issues that surround him. Obviously, I've, I've, I've seen the name a couple of times now, Antonio Brown, which is like you might as well bring the circus elephants to town too if that's <laughs> what you're doing. That's not happening. Yeah, and, and, and it's just it does seem like something that's not sustainable. You need Zach Ertz to have nine catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown for this offense to continue to move the ball. But that's that's small ball. You're not getting any shots out of that, and, and you need a 16-play drive. It seems like in all of these wins, they have these you know fourth-quarter backbreaker drives where they have to convert third down after third down down after third down and I agree with you it was not Wentz's best game but when it came down to it he was able to convert in those situations make good decisions with the ball make plays on his own to be able to make that happen but it shouldn't have to come down to that every time and they shouldn't have to grind out every single drive and it's great that the running game is going because that's that's a big plus for them keeping them out of you know bad situations as an offense Jordan Howard 19 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown looked great you know doing his normal thing Miles Sanders I felt looked better as an inside runner on some downhill concepts, 10 carries for 42 yards. So that's a plus as well. But again, at the same time, you're not getting, you know, last week Sanders had the, the big explosive run, but that hasn't been the norm for this offense. Howard had a long of 17. Sanders had a long of 11. And while they were able to gash this defense up the middle and control the clock, it was something we talked about on the Kiss and Solak show. You hit these, you know, you hit this Bears defense on inside runs and you can beat them that way. And the Eagles did a good job of that. You just wonder if that's the formula because you're not always going to be playing against Mitch Trubisky. You're not always going to be playing against Josh Allen and, you know, 40 mile an hour gust consistently blowing through the stadium and swirling and whatnot because we saw what this defense like a glimpse of what they have been. And that's a defense that bust absolutely too much. The two biggest throws for Trubisky on the year were coverage bust. Malcolm Jenkins wants to play robber when he's got deep zone and leaves, you know, Jalen Mills hanging out to dry on the big uh, Taylor Gabriel catch. And then you've got the bus route by David Montgomery. It was no one in the same area code as him. So there's still concerning things. You get some of the worst quarterback play that you've seen this year, and it's still almost a game. And that's what that's what really worries me. And again, not to take anything away from the Bears defense, but they're going to have to be able to put up more points. And I don't know what that looks like for this offense. So still very concerned coming into the bye. But hey, I mean, on the plus side, you're still five and four. And I'm wondering what you think about this defense, though, because this defense, are they a tomato can crusher with severe flaws or are they a unit capable of getting right in the second half of the season? Because I'm leaning towards the tomato can. It's hard to get inspired when it's the abysmal Mitch Trubisky on the other side of it, who for most of the game looked just as bad as Luke Falk and his two big throws again were gifted to him via bus in the secondary. What do you think about this defense moving forward? Do you have any confidence in them to limit teams under 24 points? Because the only teams they have limited to under 24 points have been bottom third offenses in the league I think there's some hope for the defense I I do believe the pass rush is starting to come on a little bit like mm -hmm. Fletcher Cox early in this game like oh my yeah. gosh like he, <laughs> he, re he was wrecking the game early on and it didn't really show up so much in the box uh yeah the box score here he had two tackles uh two solo tackles and that's it but he impacted a lot of plays I felt like uh Brandon Graham had another sack Jannard Avery, <laughs> trade acquisition, yeah, hot buddy. ticket, half a sack. Um, basically, the whole Eagles defense had a sack on that play, but yeah. <laughs> uh, still. So I feel like there's some hope for them. Uh, I feel like they can be good enough. I honestly do. Not like actually good, not like a lockdown unit by any means, but I feel like if this offense could get it together, which again, I don't really have hopes for that, but if somehow they could, like if somehow Deshaun did get healthy and he comes back after the bye and he looks great, and they're able to score, like I think this offense should be able to score. I think this defense can do enough to kind of force some turnovers, make the game winnable overall. 
the defense is honestly isn't one of my biggest concerns, and especially coming out of this game. I know it's Trubisky, but I mean they almost kept him to negative nine yards in the first half <laughs> yeah. before uh, Trubisky had a scramble, and then Sandejo, who should not be on this team by the way, by next Saturday because he's costing this team a dummy compensatory fourth round pick in the yeah. 2020 draft. You know they were they were shutting him down before that, and I, again Trubisky being terrible certainly is a big reason that factors into that, but. Yeah, I just I wasn't really disappointed overall with the defense. Obviously, they did have some lapses. I want to give Avante Maddox a shout out for making a big play. Yeah. Uh, kind of I think an underrated play late in the game there when you know the Bears get the ball back. They're only down five points and they have a chance to you know go and you know take the lead. Avante Maddox comes up with a big pass breakup on third and nine and forces the Bears to punt, and then they never touch the ball again, hmm. uh, except on the fumble on that last kickoff. So, yeah, like, I think they, they've stepped up. Um, like, they're I'm, – I'm fine with the defense. I honestly am. I'm not – like I just – I'm so focused on the passing offense being abysmal because I think that's really what wins in the NFL and being explosive and being fast. And the thing – one of the biggest things that frustrates me, and I've, I've said it a billion times by now, <laughs> like, this team just isn't fun. Are you having fun, Mike? Is anyone having fun out there? Because if you if you are, great. But like, I feel like you're lying because there's no way you're having fun. This team is not fun. There's no like because it, it just takes so much work to actually score, and like, there's no explosive element. It's just like a chore. It's a burden. It's it's not fun. And maybe I'm just like not <laughs> maybe I'm not able to enjoy the wins enough or something. But really, that's my big takeaway. It's like this this isn't fun, and it's supposed to be fun. Football is supposed to be fun, and it felt like it feels like I should say the Eagles have not been fun for a while now, and I just want them to be fun. Remember when they just beat the brakes off of the Bears two years ago, back in 2017? Like yes. that was a fun game. That, that and was that's fun. A, it's the same level of quarterback play that you saw today. <laughs> it's just, and they were a good defense then too. They were they were sneaky good against some teams this that that year. I feel like that that team might be as good as this Bears team. So I don't see any reason why the Eagles couldn't do more. And you're right. I'm sitting there and I'm watching the game with my son as I do every Sunday, and it's 12 nothing, and we're just sitting there going. This is this this is this is a boring game. There's not there's nothing boring. wrong. Yeah. And it's fine that you're in control, but you also let them crawl back into the game. That's where the real problem is. And, and like you said, with it with the passing offense just not not being real explosive right now, you know, how you can kind of work around that is is getting time for Wentz. I do feel that the, the line got beat up a little bit at times. I mean, they gave up four sacks. I feel like a lot of those, especially I remember the third one in the red zone. I think it was one of the within the first two drives. It's definitely a coverage sack in the red zone, which is, you know, another that's indicative of the wide receiver problem that we have. And of course, you want to see the film on on some other ones just to see if there was anything there that maybe Wentz missed, but it didn't look like it to me. But but I will give a shout out here because Khalil Mack on Andre Dillard, and I know the Eagles did some things and I want to look at the film and whatnot, but for the second time in a row playing Khalil Mack, who, who is a, a, an elite level talent, Mack has not been a game wrecker against the Eagles. They took good care of the football and in the running game, the line was bumping as well. So the offensive line is looking fantastic. And for as much crap as people are giving Howie Roseman right now, and look, I'll be right there with you talking about how they should not have restructured Alshon Jeffrey to make it harder to get out of his contract. I'm I'm right there with you. But as far as like the draft and and what fruit that has borne, you can be upset about J. John not seeing the field for whatever reason, whether it be positional coaching and whatnot. Andre Dillard, to me, looks like a hit. 
And that's a good thing for the Eagles. So that that's a positive thing, being able to protect Wentz, even though, again, he took four sacks. A lot of those were covered sacks, I felt. Uh, BLG, any other thoughts or maybe game balls or anything like that, in, any special recognition you want to throw out before we go to break here? Well, on the Howie note, I guess you can throw Sanders in there too. You yep. know, just, again, Looking 10 back. for 42. He broke some tackles as a runner, which is nice to see. I know you've been wanting to see that, Mike. Yeah. He also had three for 31 as a receiver, and he had a big 19-yard reception in there. And it almost feels like at this point, like there's a guaranteed one play per game at minimum of Miles Sanders making like a big play in the passing game. And really, he's honestly been, you know, we've talked about this. He's been like one of their biggest reliable weapons in the passing game as a running back, which is not ideal. It's not great. Yeah, exactly. And they had two big third down conversions, third and longs. There were the two of them were screens to Goddard and Sanders, which is like they're having to manufacture these ways to get these conversions because they're having pass, you know, trouble passing downfield. But I'm sorry, I, go ahead, PLG. No, on that note, too, I wanted to give Doug credit. So I think this is a good Doug game. It's just like maybe not the whole thing. Um, just off the top of my head here, like I thought he made some pretty critical calls. Like that last drive, especially to ice the game. Uh, there was that throw to Ertz for the first down, there was the screen to Goddard. Like it just felt like Doug Peterson like really uh, schemed some things up nicely in this game to help give his team an edge. Unlike the coward, Matt Nagy, who punted <laughs> the ball on what? The, the 43 i think it was the uh the There's, eagles 43 it was fourth and six on the eagles 44 and they were down 19 to 7 you coward pretty bad so yeah doug not a coward matt Nagy definitely a coward i understand he's working with trubisky but come on like brother you, you gotta go for it at some point you gotta you gotta let him hang all right, so when we come back here on BGN Radio, episode number 90, we're going to get to three words from the gentle listeners, and we'll kind of use that as the framework to talk about some other issues going on with the Eagles as we head into the bye at 5-4. and four. That's coming up next here on BGN Radio. And we are back here on BGN Radio, episode 90, brought to you by the five folk at SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, Michael Kist here with Brandon Lee Gowton. Brandon, we asked for three words, and we do it every week, we asked for three words from our gentle listeners to describe how they felt about this 22-14 to 14 win for the Eagles that sets them up 5-4 and four going into the bye. Uh, interesting one by uh, by Tyler Andrews at TC Andrews underscore. Deep threat required. Also, Kyle Sorrell, longtime listener at Wolves Run underscore alone, says still need receivers. And then on the, along the same vein of all of those, Alex Arizzo, loyal listener at Jay Arizzo, says Miles Sanders, wide receiver one. <laughs> Like, brother, like, it's really looking that bad on the wide receiver front. I know we've talked about it, but, I mean, you put some stats on Twitter today talking about the last five games, the production or lack of production that we've gotten from these receivers. Alshon Jeffrey looks mm. washed, and I have been a big – and you know this, BLG. I mean, I got on my soapbox last year and everything, put a full, you know, transparent scouting report, how I graded him, everything like that. I've done that for him the last two years. I did it for him for the Scouting Academy when I was there as well. So I've done three updated scouting reports on Alshon Jeffrey. I'm very familiar with his game. He looks washed to me, man. Like, or he's still really dealing with an injury. But then he also got banged up after he got that third down conversion uh, after making good after the drop from the previous drive. So if he's just going to be banged up on year, that's a, that's another reason towards not not wanting to restructure his contract to make it harder to get out of because this guy and as tough as he was and as much credit as I'll give him for the 2017 season playing through the torn rotator cuff I, I cannot thank him enough for that contribution to the team but that was another injury season for him that was another knock on him this guy has a long injury list and if he can't be you know 80 percent or if this is what his 80 percent looks like man that's bad it's just 
bad news for this group overall. And I know we keep pounding the table on it, but it's like the most concerning thing about this offense right now. It's it's a huge issue. Like it, you pass, it's a passing league. Mm. It, like having wide receivers who can who can who can make the offense function. Yeah, that's a, like a, a functional passing offense more than like what the Eagles have to do, which is like manufacture yards and like these these screens and like they just have to do so much work to get yards as opposed to like here's a guy who can just beat the cornerback in front of him and get open and make a play yeah. like that doesn't happen on the eagles <laughs> that does not happen and the alshon thing is just like oh my gosh how I, it, that is the most perplexing move of howie roseman's offseason the whole reason that the jjaw pick made sense within the within the <laughs> construct of the offense and moving forward the, the you know the future vision and i argued about this saying don't don't worry about jj's fit because this is how it makes sense long term they completely wiped that out by doing the restructure i don't get it and what leverage did Alshon have what's <laughs> no, he gonna do like none. sit out before like week one after showing up for the whole yeah. offseason like okay come on weird, weird flex but okay um <laughs> It's a huge issue because Alshon right now is not performing anything like a number one wide receiver. It uh, He's just been bad, man. Honestly, he's been bad. And it's a huge issue for this team. The injury, he, you know, he had that calf injury earlier in the year, and I'm sure maybe that's still kind of hampering him. And again, he, he suffered some kind of ankle injury today against the Bears. Um, but yeah, man, like it's an issue. And it's not just him. But, like, he's supposed to be the guy, you know, yeah. from this group. And for as bad as this whole group has performed, you know, Alshon has been at the top of it for sure. I've, I'm looking at this, Mike. Like, I, I feel like ideally none of these receivers on the team <laughs> except, it, let's say, if Deshaun can actually get healthy and mm-hmm. he is the same player and can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And J.J. Arthur gets white side because you picked him with a second-round pick. Like, none of these other guys ideally should be on the team next year. Because Nelson Aguilar won't be, by the way, free agent. Alshon should have been cut after this year. That was looking, like, very likely and very, like, common sense thing to do. You know, Matt Collins is, again, is giving you, he's giving you, like, worse than nothing. Because he is hurting the team. Again, he's more penalty yards than receiving yards. It is, it's just bad. It's so frustrating, too, because we all saw 2016. We saw when Carson Wentz, like, didn't have any receivers to work with. Yeah. And the Eagles remedied that in 2017, and they did give him some nice targets. They had Nelson Aguilar in the slot. You brought in Alshon Jeffrey, who was a couple years younger, obviously, two years ago. Torrey Smith was not an elite deep threat by any means, but he could draw pass interference from time to time and did some things, at least. And he was big in the playoffs, by the way. Um and and now it's like they've gone back and it feels like it's almost worse than 2016 in some ways like it's it is just very depressing I that's the thing I can't get over like I don't know how you like no team is perfect I get that there's no perfect NFL roster out there even the Patriots have issues as hard as that might be to believe but I just don't know like some issues I feel like you can get by you know what I mean like if you have subpar linebackers like the Eagles do for example like I think that's something you can kind of work around mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to be stacked every position I don't know how you work around not having a good passing attack in the year 2019 like that seems kind of like a big issue deal breaker kind of issue well I mean look at how the Patriots are probably going to scheme up the Eagles and the Patriots have a top <laughs> shelf defense right now they're going to take away what you're good at if the Eagles are only good at one thing that's a problem, and that's going to show up big time in a big time game, right? So that's that's really what I'm concerned about. I mean, Ryan Jones also chimed in at Ryan Jones zero eight zero five says, "What happened to Alshon, brother? I don't know, and I don't know what happened to Nelson Aguilar either. He's on a prove it year, on a contract year, 
And this is this is the type of effort that we're getting from this guy. The guy was targeted two times down the field. On the first one, he was more concerned with trying to get an OPI. On the second one, doesn't go up and make a play. I look over on red zone and I see Sammy Watkins making the same play. Cap coverage makes the same stinking play. Like I don't understand why these wide receivers can't can't make these plays for for Carson Wentz. And not to, again, not to excuse Carson Wentz. I mean, he had a solid game and then came through at the end. It wasn't his best game, but at the same time, it comes down to the same thing that we've been saying the entire year. When or when when was when is somebody going to bail out Carson Wentz? When can he have a bad game and not have the game go completely sideways? So yeah, it's just it is it is weird, man. And the other uh, the other one I wanted to talk about. Look, Kaz, you get one three words, but <laughs> because. You put this in there. I'm going to go ahead and shout out the other one. At Troy DeCaz says, Kissed defeats Trubisky. Look, can I tell you the sigh of relief? And I really was never worried about Trubisky to begin with. But like Buffalo fans know me as a Josh Allen hater. Bears fans know me as a Mitch Trubisky hater. The Eagles got by two. So I'm very relieved. As as concerned I as I am about this team and the concerns that I have about this defense, at least they didn't let me down to the point where you're getting beat up by Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky. So I am thankful for that. Jozu at Jozu Cantu just continuing on with this Alshon stuff. It's not just us seeing it. The, the gentle listeners see it too. Torn Rotator Alshon, which he makes one word with hyphens. I guess I'm going to count that. Torn ra- Rotator Alshon was better. So you cheated, bud, but you got it in. Peter Hoffman at Hoflax24 said should have drafted DK. And I don't necessarily agree, uh, disagree with that because DK was a, a top 15 player for me. Wasn't super, super high on him, but I mean, he's doing more for the Seahawks than what the Eagles are getting right now. And by the way, the Seahawks are, are tied with the Buccaneers as we record this 27 to 27. So that's interesting. Bucks are re- weirdly competitive with the uh, NFC uh, NFC West. What about Jake Elliott, brother? Because Lehigh Thomas is at Maverick five for five, uh, five times five. Jake Elliott MVP. He missed another extra point. What is going on with him? I'm I'm sure Ben will find a way to put him in the winners <laughs> column uh, on bleedinggreennation.com this week. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, Mike, that we didn't get to. Kinda, yeah, he kind of got lost really in the pregame. Sidney Jones was a healthy scratch ah. for this game. I had to bring it. I had to do it to you. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> you got me in training camp when he was looking good, and he was for a while there. But then I said he kind of fell off all of a sudden. Yeah. And sure enough, he has fallen off the face of the earth, basically. I mean. Hey, hey dude, I, I don't mean to cut you off. DK Metcalf just got a bomb for a touchdown to put the Seahawks ahead. Must be <laughs> nice. Must be nice. Must be nice to, like, draft someone who has, like, speed. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I can't get over this. It is like, is this the biggest issue with this team? It's like, I don't, and it's so, perplexed. I can't, like, this is crazy that um, I feel like I'm being so negative after a win. Right. I just, like, the issue that pops up in every game throughout the season, it's just, they're not fast enough. Like, they don't make enough plays. And it's so weird to me that a team that is so analytically inclined, mm. like, does somehow does not, like, like speed analytics don't like speed it's like what i'm kind of like getting out of this because that's what how it kind of seems like how things are going here Um, with with as much player tracking that they use you would think that they would notice how valuable that that is i i (laughs) i don't understand it i mean we see it on the next gen dots and everything like that you could tell one dot's going faster than the other (laughs) yeah like not just not and not just long-term speed but like quickness too like at least that's the thing with some of these sacks in this game okay i think carson was probably holding on to the ball too much maybe in some of those but other times i'm like who's really open like who's actually getting open you're, in the you're short making areas a, too yes you're making a contested throw and how many of those guys can you even rely on to make that contested throw because because some of them just can't even do that 
It's it's frustrating, man. It is a frustrating team. Beginning at the Sydney Jones, you tried to get me off it. No, I know. I was going to tell you get back to Sydney Jones, man. Let me have it because I'll I'll say my piece on it too because that's really disappointing. But go ahead. It's just bad, man. Yeah. Like it is really bad. The fact that he is pretty much the sixth corner on this team right now. He'll be seventh when Craven LeBlanc eventually comes back here. He's behind Craig James, who was on the practice squad earlier this year, who was an undrafted free agent for the Vikings last year, and only joined the Eagles roster like prior to week one this season. Like that is really bad. Yeah. And I get it because like it's it's Craig James plays special teams and Sidney Jones doesn't. But no matter how you slice it, Sidney Jones, a second round pick in 2017, a guy who the Eagles said was a top ten player mm. on their board, getting behind Craig James is a big failure. And it doesn't mean that how he's Total, like I'm not using this one thing as to say like look this definitively proves how we can't draft or whatever misses are going to happen but like this one is especially bad this is like a really really bad miss yeah and, and look I he's had so many different points in his career and I was talking about this with Bull Wolf on uh, on Twitter this morning because I said you know he's just got to be completely shot from a mental and confidence perspective there's no other way to explain it he's not demonstrably worse than like Craig James. I don't think it's a, it's a skill thing with him. I don't think it's a talent thing with him. I think it is majorly, majorly in his head. And that's a shame. Like, I really feel like he needs to get himself right. Maybe needs to change his scenery before he's going to be able to let his game shine. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen before it's going to be too late for him. And I was, again, really high on him. I mean, the guy had a fantastic college career. Teams loved him coming out, you know, pre-draft process. Everything's going great for him. Then he tears his Achilles and everything goes south. And then you have the pretty much the red shirt year. He comes in for week 17, has a solid game in his in his first game in the NFL. And then the next year, first three games, he's lighting it up. Absolutely fantastic. That's where he showed some really positive signs. And then he picks up a hamstring injury or maybe he got beat a little bit and picked up a hamstring and then like his confidence starts to go and he comes out this year. He made some plays in the early portions of the season gets beat. Next thing you know, you know, he's beat up again. He's injured again. And I think the Eagles staff and Doug has called them out. Malcolm Jenkins has called them out. Like when 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 guys like that are calling you out publicly, like there's something going on in his head that isn't right. And that's why I think that the staff has lost confidence in him because he's lost confidence in himself. So look, I'll hold the L on claiming that this is the breakout year for Sidney Jones. I don't know how you could see anything like this coming, man, because it's absolutely wild. You could say he was a busted pick. You can look at the next 10 picks after him. None of those guys are lighting the world on fire either, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, the, the last thing I want to say, I guess we, before we wrap up here, Mike, mm-hmm. is that uh, you know we're at the bye week. Um, again, this was an important win. When you look ahead to the future, you look at the schedule. I mean, eleven and five is really on the table. Mm-hmm. Ten and six, very possible as well. Yeah. You now it's also entirely possible the Eagles somehow go like nine and seven, you know, and, and blow <laughs> it. And 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 one of those losses is the Cowboys, and they basically you know don't make the playoffs because right. they're probably not going to be good enough for the wild card. But looking how the NFC is shaping up, they probably have to win the division. So it comes to that. They're still in it. It's not like a lost season by any means, to, despite the fact that I can't believe I just said that. The Eagles just won a game. It's not a lost season. <laughs> Two games in a row. They they beat a five and one team last week. BLG. I know. It's just, <laughs> but it's so true though. Like the mood. This is just, this is how I feel. I'm not trying to like be overly negative or anything. This is just my honest takeaway. Yeah. And uh, I I just wanted to say like the optimist to me says okay, the bye week is here. Do some self scouting. Maybe Deshaun does come back healthy. Don't feel great about that. Mm. Maybe there is some kind of hope, though. That can happen. 
and he comes back, and the Eagles offense starts to pick it up, and that run game isn't like the main focus of the offense all of a sudden, and instead it's like a really nice complementary piece. And by the way, Deshaun being in the game early on, uh, I don't know about you, Mike, but didn't that seem to kind of have an effect like, yeah. on that first drive? It seemed like you know there was more space all of a sudden. Hmm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and so I think that you know that that's huge. But if he's not, then oh, man, I think they're just kind of like I don't know. I don't have a lot of hope if he's not back. Um, but I just want to give a shout out to the BGN tailgate, Mike. Mm. Uh, Seamus Clancy holding it down out there. The Clancy family. Seamus's dad, who I was like, I met him for the first time today, and I was like, Hey, uh, I'm Brandon. He's like, I'm, I said, you're Seamus's dad, right? And I was like, what's your name? And he was like, just call me Clancy. And I was like, all right, <laughs> okay. Um, they have an awesome tailgate set up. So definitely, definitely go check that out. Nice. If you are coming to an Eagles home game this year, I think they're pretty much going to be at most of them for the rest of the year. Seamus posts about it. And he talks about it on his From the Bleachers podcast here on the BGN podcast network. So you can hear that, check it out. Um, had some BGN listeners there. Nice. Had some people come out from all over the country. So really awesome to see the people there. Appreciate that. Seamus and I are trying to kind of get some kind of live Eagles watch party thing going. Awesome. We'll see how that goes. Um, definitely stay tuned again to the podcast feed here and bleedinggreennation.com. We, we, we kind of want to get a head count, kind of gauge that. So that's all in the works. Nothing official yet. Nothing um, finalized by any means. But definitely stay tuned for that because you can come watch Seamus and I just complain about how the Eagles are really slow and we'll all have a good time. <laughs> That sounds great. And keep an eye out for some shows dropping this week. We are going to have a small break to give you guys some time off, gentle listeners, and, and us some time off as well. That'll be later on in the week. So what you're going to get is you're going to get your normal Kiss and Solak film review show that'll be dropping on Wednesday. Also on Wednesday, I believe that's that's BGN Radio. You and Jimmy are recording on Tuesday. Is that correct? believe so, yes. Okay. All right, so that's that's the tentative plan right now. So we have shows coming for you. We're going to take a slight break, and then we'll be back in full force after that. But for now, thank you for listening. Make sure you stop by Apple Podcasts, leave five stars, leave a review. If it's funny, we'll read it on the show. Make fun of Ben. That's fun for everybody. Uh, but for now, remember, we all we got, we all we need. Fly, Eagles, fly. P-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 